0: Hey, it's Madison the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show.
1: Not only will we have vaccines for people who are over the age of 12, but we have an extraordinary amount of um, of testing that we can be doing. So I think with the combination of testing and vaccination for our older populations um, and, you know, I really hope a decreased number of cases that we should anticipate come September 2021 that schools should be full fledged in person and all of our children back in the classroom. And I will really look forward to that regardless of whether they're vaccinated regardless of whether
0: they're vaccinated 18668018255 I always think when I think of this audience I always think of this with my audience when you wake up and stay woke let me repeat when you wake up and stay woke what is your purpose in life what is your purpose today that's what I always try to communicate. That's why I always say, what are you going to do about it? i got to put another issue on the table at this time. Um, headline. Black women die from coronavirus at far higher rate than white men. Now, this is the first time I've seen this... Uh, this story. And this is a study that looked at COVID nineteen deaths in Michigan and Georgia. And they found this alarming disparity uh, in, 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 that I just mentioned. And so for it says black women died from COVID nineteen at much higher rates than white men in Georgia and Michigan per a new study. And Sherry, we're getting ready to do a a town hall for SiriusXM employees. Please let's send this uh, to those who are, those doctors that we're going to be interviewing. Said that Harvard researchers looked at data, looked at data in 19, I'm sorry, in COVID-19 death rates in two states, through September 2020 and found that black women died at 3.8 times the rate of white men in Michigan and 1.6 times the rate of white men in Georgia. says, while other studies had previously found that men overall are dying of COVID-19, at higher rates than women, and black people are dying at higher rates than whites. This study looked at how both race and gender intersect to create further disparities. Wow. Oh, wow. And they, and they said black women sit at the intersection of both gender and race oppression. So it wasn't surprising, according to a uh, uh, a student at Harvard School of Public Health, so it wasn't surprising to see these higher rates among black women become more visible.
2: That doesn't surprise me either, Joe. I know that black women, we have been
1: abused
2: by the healthcare system, neglected by the healthcare system for a long time. I mean, black women are 300% more likely to die from childbirth than white women. So, I mean, that statistic makes sense.
0: Wow. Um, says, uh, according to uh, one of the researchers, Wouldn't be surprised to see similar patterns of black women dying at a far higher rates than white men across the country. Now, this, again, was just Georgia and Michigan. What she's saying is this researcher is saying is that if we start looking at these the same at some similar data, this may be not this may go beyond Michigan and Georgia. And this goes, this speaks to what McKenzie was talking about. Quote, because of the long history of racism and structural gender racism, I wouldn't be surprised, said one of the researchers, to see similar patterns that exist across the country. There might be different degrees of magnitude, researchers said, 1-866-801-8255. 18668018255 part of the factors that explain black women dying at such a higher rate or higher rates than white men is what the researchers called occupational exposure or how much or how much people's jobs exposed them to the virus. Women of color are disproportionately represented in essential work and more, and from, and let me repeat, and it says essential work from home health aides to nurses who were particularly at risk on the front lines of the virus. Other factors, like evictions, disproportionately place women of color at risk of catching the virus. And finally, one of the researchers said in this article, collecting the data... And reporting it is just one step. It doesn't solve the issues. But it allows you to know where the inequities lie. It's a first step that is important to at least make it visible. And by the way, then try to determine what resources should be devoted. That's what we're doing. I, you know, that's, that's part, of, that my, part of my frustration is, yes, what, we, what, we're, what we're doing is reporting on the data that has been collected. That's just one step. That way it allows you, the listener, to the Madison show, to know where the inequities lie. Now, the next step is what resources should be devoted to correct it. That's, you, when I talk about purpose, that's our purpose. That's, our, that's the purpose of our show. Denise from Indiana, first time caller to the Madison Show. Go right ahead. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. I want to talk to you about – I'm a kindergarten
2: teacher in a public school system, and I have 23 kids in my classroom. I have one kid that's virtual, but we have been in session for the last – since mm, since school
0: begun, we've been in session.
2: And in, what we in, do
0: – In person?
2: Yes, in person. Cool. And what we do is we don't – the kids do not be in the hallways together. They go to the cafeteria separately. They go to the bathroom separately. When they go to the bathroom, wash their hands. They got their own side to use. The boys use one side. The girls use one side. And we watch them. Everything we do, we wash their hands. And we clean the desk off after breakfast. We clean the desk off after lunch. And we also sanitize the desk when they leave for the day. So it's possible. We're doing it. And we have, let we me ask kids. you. Let me ask
0: you. Do the uh, uh, I'm glad to hear that. Let me ask you. You've been vaccinated. Yes, I got my okay. two shots, Pfizer shots. Okay. Now we the same. We the same. We got. Let me ask you. Um, are the do the kindergartners have to wear a mask? Yes. And how? And let me ask. You, I'm just curious because uh, how difficult or is it difficult to keep their mask on? Or are they pretty good at it? Most
2: of most of the kids that are mature enough, they keep them up. But we, I go around the classroom all day. Pull your mask up. Pull your mask up. Pull <laughs> yeah. your mask up. <laughs> that, all yeah, day. Figured, all pull day, your mask yeah. up. But it's it's we're we haven't had anybody sick so.
0: And what city? System. What city are you in?
2: Indianapolis, Indiana. We have the largest public school system in Indianapolis. So I'm in the public school system.
0: And and uh, and and so so you you guys have the protocol down it sounds like down pack so there's yes, no but, mul- let me finish the question there's no multiple lunch eating every ch- do they do they bring their own lunch no they're served their lunch
2: it's all already prepackaged
0: okay we started, i got you we
2: started off eating in the classroom but just this week we start letting them eat in the cafeteria but they eat each classroom eats by themselves they don't eat with other kids mhm and our school so how system's many, budget was cut. How
0: many? How many lunch periods do you have then to accommodate are, everybody?
2: Because ours is at ten thirty, so we eat early. Ours yeah. is ten thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they have we we're from kindergarten through the sixth grade.
1: And twenty three students, you said, in one room?
2: Yes. I mean, in yes. your and class, we,
1: how yes. how spaced apart are they? What's the
2: distance? We're not we're not six feet though. You yeah. can't be. Yeah. Too many kids. But we're we're far enough apart. We have a protocol. We call one at a time. They have to go around, walk all the way around the room, versus cutting through the through the do the desk. I can't do that, and they can't touch each other's desk. We don't allow none of that. We very very we really watch them to make sure no one is touching, no one gets sick. Everybody uses hand sanitizer. We do yeah. the best that we can do. Yeah. How old is your system? school? How old is the building? Uh, it's, it's old because my daughter went there, and I'm fifty-three years old, and my daughter's thirty-six, so
0: yeah. it's old. Okay, okay. No, I got you. Sounds like. Thank you. I hope it continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie from Miss uh, Michigan, first-time caller. Go ahead, Carrie. Thank you for holding.
1: Hallelujah. Hi. Good morning. Um, my daughter is nine. She is in third grade now. She goes online. But we have Zoom calls with her full classroom because it's split. So some of the kids go online and some of them are at the school. And I just noticed during the Zoom calls, the poor teacher is always having to stop reading the book to say, hey, go back to your square. You got to stay your six feet away. Put your mask back on. You know, it's two teachers to like a class of 20 some kids. And I feel like if they're going to take them back to school, they they need to increase staff because two teachers just cannot make sure, in in my opinion, that 23-son kids all have their masks on all the time when they're that little.
0: You know, Um, and that's the third grade. That's the third grade. Now, maybe they're a little bit more active. Then the kindergarten, you know, kindergarten still, yeah. maybe they take instruction and, um, but, but I look, I know when I'm with, um, our grandchildren at a playground, I'm constantly having to tell them, put your, you know, the, the grandchildren, yeah. put your mask on, put your, and it's not that they take them off deliberately. It's just that they're children. They, you know, you raise a good point. They, I mean, these are two interesting calls back to back. One is a teacher who says we're doing, end, end up saying we're doing the best we can. Obviously, they're, they've, they've, they've put certain protocols in place that sound like they're working lunches and we wipe down, yeah. uh, that, that type of thing. But your call as a parent who's watching it on Zoom and your solution, I think, is a good one. You're gonna need more than one or two teachers in these classrooms of twenty six people.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know, that's
0: that's really what you're what needs to also be considered. Thank you, uh Carrie. Sean from Louisiana. Good morning,
2: Mr. Madison. How are you doing this morning? One thing I uh didn't hear they put in that study uh that you was reading was the disparities in Detroit in uh Michigan and Georgia. That black women were uh, facing with the medical treatment for COVID.
0: Well, uh, I, I haven't. First of all, I fit. didn't. I didn't read the. I, I didn't read the entire study. It, it okay. could be there. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Right. It's, that's just my theory. You know that, like with the uh, black doctor that uh, was on Facebook and social media, and they weren't treating her with the uh, proper treatment. Yes. So yeah. yeah. Well, McKinsey away. brought that
0: up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You yeah, know, that, and that, that, that could very well happened. that could very well be um, uh, be part of it. But here, here's and, and again, this is why we're bringing it up. Is number one making people aware of it who may not have been aware, and then with that awareness, what resources do we need to get rid of that inequity?